0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to an all-new episode of The Darius Show. If you're new around here, here's how we do things. I watch a show, I talk about that show, you listen, and you enjoy. For today's episode, we're going to be doing a full breakdown of Season 2 of Hulu's Dollface. This series is one that's near and dear to my heart. It has an all-star cast. It's really stacked. It has Kat Dennings, Esther Provitsky, Shea Michelle. And of course, it has Brenda Song's herself. This series, I have to say, I'm going to give this one a lot of praise. And overall, I'm going to take a different approach to this review. And I want to specifically approach it uh, with the lens of figuring out how this show exactly breaks new ground and how it's really elevating the the buddy comedy sitcom genre in a way that I think is beautiful and really just breaking new ground. So without further ado, let's roll the intro and get right into it. It's the Darius Show, y'all already know Drop your booty to the floor, come give me some more It's the Darius Show It's the Darius Show So first of all, you might be asking, what is Dollface? And honestly, if you're asking that question, I highly recommend you go give this show a chance and then come back. Once you've seen a few episodes of the series, I think you'll be as hooked as I am on it. But just to give a a quick rundown, because we are hopping right into season two here. In season one, we follow Jules is our main character, played by Kat Dennings, and after she has just gotten out of a long-term relationship, one that she's been completely enveloped in for years, she has to re-enter her female friend world because she's kind of ostracized herself from her female friends, and she has to re-enter that world and kind of relearn all the all the rules of coexisting in a in a girl group squad. So over season one, we kind of see their little battalion come together and see the formation of this this solid group of girls, this four group of girls that really just navigate the world together. At the end of the day, this is a sitcom. It's a buddy comedy. I would say it's somewhere in between Sex in the City and New Girl with its humor and just overall narrative and storytelling and type of situational comedy that arises in this series. And the friendship that is birthed between all these characters is really beautiful, funny, and engaging all along the way. Uh, you know, they're just encountering everyday problems. You know, I'm a guy. I'm, not, I'm by no means the target demographic for this series. However, I can definitely have a great time watching it. The humor always keeps me engaged. And I find myself learning new things about females and gaining uh, new perspective on topics that I personally have never seen depicted on screen before. The other characters in this series include Madison, who is played by Brenda Song. She is kind of Ka- Kat Denning's Jules character. I'm just going to refer to the characters. Madison and Jules are kind of best friends in this group, even though it's a group of four best friends. They do say multiple times that they, them two specifically happy to be. Best, best friends and they kind of are the core of this narrative um, Every time that there's uh, major stakes to kind of reconcile with Or, you know, season finale conflicts It usually does tend to center around these two characters um, I like that even though they are specifically best friends in this overall group We don't see them being relegated to only interacting with each other We see plenty of instances where all the characters You know, you see every combination of two characters on screen And each time you see those combinations, even though you might not see it all the time, it always has an air of freshness to it. And the chemistry is there between each of the characters. It doesn't just work in one direction for all of them. I love mix and matching the pairs of girls and seeing the different type of adventures and comedy that can come out of that. Madison also happens to be the very type A member of the group. She's kind of very organized and always has a plan and always wants to stick to her plan. Shay Mitchell plays kind of uh, the free spirit role of the group. She is kind of a party girl. Her name is Stella, and she's just known for having a good time, being really connected to different types of famous people around town. She always knows where the party's at. And, of course, there is Stella. Excuse me. Of course, that leaves Izzy as the last member of the group. Izzy is played by Esther povitsky she is a comedian i've seen her stand-up special on comedy central and i used to be a really big fan of her podcast as well Esther club i think that she is hilarious and she's kind of the chemical x that they add to the series that really lets it stand out amongst the rest she while all characters are certainly funny every person in the series has gets a lot to do Esther povitsky's character izzy is by far the most zaniest one and she gets the most ridiculous line she's If if anything, of any of them, she's certainly the comedic relief and her kind of wild card card role that she plays in the group really always tends to throw me off. She's a she's a unconfident character who really gets validation from the people around her. However, as this new girl group kind of forms, she's slowly but surely getting more of her own identity. We saw that happen at the end of season one where she stops going uh, by the same name as everybody else and she gets her own identity in this new group. That's enough of the background chit-chat. Let's just finally hop into what Season 2 is actually doing. We pick up with our characters kind of reconvening after having spent a lot of time apart. That is because they've been dealing with the COVID quarantine of it all. I it's nice to see more shows kind of addressing this and seeing the unique ways that each show goes about addressing the whole COVID situation and kind of blending it into their reality. For these characters, they kind of just tackle it in the first episode and then they're kind of done with it. And again, I appreciate that as well. I think if they focus too much on the effects of COVID in their lives, it could kind of stunt the narrative a little bit and kind of trap us in a box, so to speak. And I'm happy, you know, moving forward past it, just right past episode one uh, allows for these characters to breathe new life into what their natural narratives would be. That being said, I had a lot of fun uh, watching the kind of antics that they displayed for the different girls kind of dealing with the COVID world, them kind of going through all the different phases of it was definitely charming and delightful to see, especially when it was played by Kat Dennings and Brenda Songs. Their chemistry as best friends really works, and it works like every time. The four girls are kind of all going to this big birthday celebration of their mutual friend, And they're all kind of confronting their lives as they're all, you know, in their 30th year on this planet and confronting, you know, do they need to be more serious in their lives? What's becoming more important to them? You know, of course, this whole thought could be strongly underlined by the fact that they all just got out of a quarantine situation, which obviously kind of stunts a lot of people and leaves people really wondering where they are in life. So that's kind of the overall uh, feelings that our girls are wrestling with coming into this season. Early on in this season, I like to see that Jules' character, our main girl, is kind of experiencing a lot of growth. In season one, she was kind of the one of the four that was struggling a lot of the time, being helped and coached along by all of her girlfriends through pretty much her post-breakup. But in this season, we actually see her thriving, especially in the business world. Her her boss from season one, Celeste, really takes her under her wing and kind of uh, declares that she's going to be mentoring her. Yeah, propelling her forward and letting her get a lot more. Sorry about that. That sound that you just heard was the sound of my cat pulling down my bookshelf and causing immense mayhem in my life. You're probably wondering why I didn't just cut it out. I figured you guys should get an understanding of what my personal hell is. But yeah, so Jules gets that awesome new work opportunity and we see her really grow in her confidence as an individual in this season. It's nice to see her kind of fully formed as a strong individual. Of course, throughout the season, she's also wrestling with the f- with whether or not she even wants to be with this company, and later on, she finds a really awesome new opportunity to kind of pursue. Of course, we'll link over back to that in just a little bit here, but for now, let's shift our attention over to Madison. So Madison in this season is dealing with the wake of everything that came to light at the end of season one, and that was that the person that Madison was dating was also married to Jules's boss, Celeste. So she was being cheated on and she didn't realize it. Also, at the time, she got a demotion from her job, also kind of due to the COVID whole situation. So picking things up in season two, she's optimistic. However, she's definitely down on her luck. And I feel like the roles are kind of reversed at this point. In season one, we saw Madison really lifting up Jules and helping her along the way. And where we find ourselves at the start of season two is Madison kind of at a low and it's up to our girls to lift her up and kind of support her. I appreciate that she, you know, even though she is struggling, so to speak, Madison never changes as a character and it she remains true to form for her character to stay driven, to stay optimistic, to stay busy. And, you know, we see her struggle, but we don't see her give up and we see her character on full display. That's just really another thing I would really like to give compliments for this series is that each of these females feel not only u- unique from one another, but unique as characters that I've ever seen depicted on screen before. I mean, the the tribulations that each of them encounter and the unique kind of um, isms for each of their characters just feels really well-defined and something I haven't really seen in other characters. This show is breathing new life into the sitcom genre where the sitcom... Industry at the nowadays is honestly getting very boring, getting very dry. We've seen the same thing over and over again. And in a world where we are seeing that, it's so refreshing to see this type of character development that we get in this series. Stella's character is on a very interesting journey, and it's kind of a departure from what we've seen in season one for her. She is, she was starting a job at some accounting firm or some boring thing like that, and she was so overwhelmed and bored by it that she went to go grab a drink at a bar, and there she kind of hit it off with the bartender. Pretty much right away, I knew that there was some chemistry there. Um, We know that Stella, I believe that she's bisexual, but we've seen her with uh, female partners in the past. However, in this season is the first time that we've ever explored an actual relationship for Stella's character. The roller coaster that they go on this season was very interesting. So Stella's new love interest in this season, her name is Liv. And like I said, she's a bartender and she also has a child named Bruno. This is an interesting element because not only are Stella and Liv starting a business venture together, they're basically renovating and opening up a brand new bar. And that's kind of her inspiration this season is seeing the potential of this bar. Uh, So they're doing that together, but they quickly develop a romance as well. Like I said, I saw this coming a mile away, but their chemistry works really well, and I actually really like Liv as an addition to the overall ensemble. She's not always with our main squad, but she's certainly kind of been inducted into our umbrella family that we have at this point, and her her unique flavor adds to the group wonderfully and again it's another character that feels distinct from the rest you know she's a little bit more hard knock than the rest of them and she's clearly lived a little bit more of a life considering that she does have a child who's like 8 years old but again her unique flavor uh, is another fresh addition to the series that I do enjoy the drama between them really comes between the fact that stella is not used to being serious about anything or being very long term, even though she has really she has really strong feelings for Liv, and she really likes Liv's son Bruno as well. You know, they kind of have a great thing going there. It, this is the first time that Stella has ever really had to commit in this type of way, because ob- because Stella, in her experience, and mine as well, I can really relate to the sentiment of you know growing up and having a single parent. You're Uh, oftentimes experiencing a revolving door of people who might be in your lives that get close to you and then if that relationship doesn't work out all of a sudden they're gone which can be a very confusing thing for a young child. Stella is starting to kind of identify this as things get more serious and she realizes that she's a little bit in over her head. Of course this is playing out over the course of the entire season and By the end of it, what really shocks me is we see Stella kind of commit. This was what I was expecting. I was expecting her to kind of double down and realize that, you know, she's going to take this leap of faith and, you know, do her best in this relationship. However, as she's explaining that, she is revealing that this is something she kind of has to force herself to do. And in that dialogue, Stella realizes that she needs to remove herself from this relationship. This is definitely a curb I did not see coming. Um, However, it makes total sense. I think that it was a very evolved thing for Liv to kind of call Stella out here and be like, that's great that you want to do that, but I don't want to have to be something that you have to force yourself to do. And I think that is just a big red flag that she was able to see coming. And it it leaves our characters in a bit of a weird ground because they are still running this business together. And so we'll definitely have to see them interact a lot more in the next season. And I think there's definitely room for them to get back together but i appreciate that the series is bringing in a unique circumstance you know i've seen similar circumstances sure but this execution of this type of plot i haven't seen before it's a unique reason for their relationship not to be working out at the moment not only is it unique but it's realistic this is definitely the type of situation that you would see in the real world this show really leaves room for their characters to grow always there's you know even though they're constantly dealing with new situations and always learning lessons there is always room for growth and we actually see that growth happen we see lessons mean something to their to our characters as they take them and move on and actually grow with them now Izzy's plot was honestly the funnest one to explore in this season for me Again, like I said, Izzy is definitely like the weirdest, quirkiest character in the series, and she gets the most unique things to do, you know? And in season one, she was really unconfident, you know? Really quiet. She wants a lot of attention, but she's just really kind of embarrassing, kind of nerdy. That's kind of her character, you know what I mean? She's always kind of stepping in it. And in this season, we pick up right away, and in quarantine, she fell in love with this perfect 10 guy. And... Immediately, you are a little bit like, "Okay, this seems a little bit odd, but okay, I'm rolling with it. And even I have to admit, as a as an audience, as a viewer, I was skeptical. Is there some way that this guy is using her? And there are other characters that kind of think that along the way here. However, their relationship is genuine. He just genuinely loves the heck out of her. And even she can't really believe that. Um, again, this is not something I've really quite seen and especially the way that this conflict arises and develops over the season. I've never seen this type of story time before. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong or if this has happened before, but it's not something I'm familiar with early on in the season. We see Izzy's character being really insecure about the fact that she feels, uh, kind of inferior to her boyfriend. And one of her early plots is actually wrestling with the fact of whether or not, to even post him to social media. She doesn't necessarily want to go public with him. This is because she doesn't want to feel other people's judgments on you know, why are they together. Um, Realistically, what she's doing here is just projecting her own beliefs onto what she fears other people will think about her relationship. Now, this really comes ahead in the middle of the season when she has to have a confrontation with him where in this episode over and over again, she's accusing him of wanting to break up with her even though that's not the situation whatsoever she's completely reading into it her friends aren't even on board with it she's just kind of overwhelmingly has that opinion and what we slowly start to understand is that she actually is the one who needs to break up with him she explains that she feels she feels sick to her sick about herself whenever they're together because you know his beauty just makes her feel like in contrast that low of herself Which is just really interesting. I like that she was able to identify that emotion and kind of pull trigger on ending that relationship at that time. At the time, I really felt like that was a wise and grown decision for her. However, it really just speaks to her own self-image. The only thing that's not working in this relationship is the fact that she doesn't see herself the way that he sees him. And I didn't realize it in that moment. But when they kind of bring him back in at the end of the season and kind of rekindle that relationship... I think that that makes a lot of sense that she just needed to go on some personal growth before she was able to embrace his love from him. One thing that's also interesting that I totally noticed in the episode that they broke up is that when <laughs> every time that they interacted with him, it was always over the phone. They never had scenes together. And this is because this must've been for, due to a COVID thing, right? I just have to call it out when I see it. Cause it was definitely something I noticed when we when we first pick up in that episode, he had just dropped her off. And then they have a quick phone call scene where you do see his face, but you don't see them together. Definitely an easy way to still get some filming out of that character without him being physically present. And I almost didn't even notice it in that moment. However, later on when they actually broke up, they're having this whole dialogue while he's in the bathroom and she's on the other side of the wall. You know, they kind of justify this with saying, hey, just stay in there. If I look at you, I'm afraid I won't be able to say what I need to say. And surprisingly, this scene actually plays out really well, even with considering the fact that he's not even present in the room. I just have to give a compliment to the directing team that was able to pull this off. You know, this was a big weighty moment for Izzy, one of her biggest moments in the season, in the series, really. And somehow they were able to pull it out without it feeling awkward, without him not physically being there. I don't know. I was just impressed by it. Later on, uh, Izzy gets another really big plot, and that's actually that the Allisons are trying to poach her again. If you saw season one, you'll know that the Allisons are this group of girls that all have the name Allison. They're kind of a culty group of uh, perfection, I guess you could say. They're all about that wellness brand and kind of coming off perfect and poised all the time. Um, In season two, they've kind of defected and started their own competing wellness company, uh, against the company that izzy and jules work for at the beginning of the season and they they're kind of taking her in I, izzy also used to be an allison i believe that she was just lying that her name was allison so that she could be accepted into their group so she, def- she definitely has some history and some baggage with this group uh, basically they end up trying to wine and dine her and take advantage of her so that way they can take celeste secrets and take down their company however Uh, Izzy ends up holding her ground and with the help of her friends, uh, shakes out of this delusion and ends up not helping them in the long run. She doubles down with her new friend group. That being said, we definitely see Izzy toying with, you know, turning to the dark side type of metaphor. She ends up getting pulled away a little bit and even lies to her friends for the first time. It was nice to see Izzy having some stakes in this friendship group. She was the newest member, so it's easy for her to feel kind of at the bottom of the totem pole. However, when they go to rescue her, it's clear that she's a core part of their foursome, of their little group dynamic. And without her, they wouldn't be where they are. There's a few specific things I want to highlight. But before I get there, I want to just cover the other two main plots that are really happening throughout this season. And one of that is between between Jules and and Madison. And this is because Madison is rekindling an old friendship from a friend in college named Ruby. Ruby is a super rich, like, billionaire girl whose father is, like, this titan in the music industry. He's super plugged in, right? And so at first, uh, Madison is kind of just networking with her, but they kind of rekindle a nice little uh, friendship between the two of them. It's kind of a quick flame that burns out fairly quickly. However, it's definitely the type of thing that feels very realistic. Jules is feeling kind of on the outside because, you know, Madison is usually her main girl, her rock. However, Madison now kind of has a new budding friendship that feels kind of equally as strong. They're kind of really obsessed with each other right away and spending a lot of time with each other. Again, this feels super realistic to what I see in the real world, you know. I mean, I've had tons of friendships where it feels like, you know, you and this one person are kind of really on for a certain period of time and then that can kind of shift to, you know, it's not that not every, you know, all these people aren't your friends. I can have multiple strong friendships at one time. However, there are times where, Certain dynamics end up feeling stronger in one moment, and, you know, I can see where Jules is coming from, feeling kind of on the outside all of a sudden, now that there's kind of this new focus on Madison's in Madison's life. There's a specific scene um, where they utilize surrealism, and I'll talk about their usage of surrealism later on. Um, but that they highlight this perfectly. And, you know, Jules is kind of doing a deep dive investigation on finding out where Madison is, spending time with Ruby right now instead of her. It was kind of funny to see her connect all the dots. And I know all of us have been Sherlock Holmes on social media before, checking locations, checking consistencies in Snapchat stories. I thought that that was really funnily done. And again, just a realistic take on how people navigate the world nowadays. I like that Madison and Jules are able to have multiple honest and direct conversations about the situation. Not every conversation they have about this dynamic is a productive one, and it definitely leads to a lot of their drama this season. However, there are multiple instances where they are able to kind of tackle this topic in kind of a direct way, and they are able to work through it efficiently. That's kind of a good thing that the show depicts as well, is just what the power of communication is and it doesn't feel like a cheesy like let's say how i met your mother ending of an episode everybody learns their lesson while the guitar acoustic guitar starts playing in the background right it doesn't feel that simple the conversations that they have to solve the conflict between these girls always feels just a little bit more realistic than what you might see on a te- on a network television series you know what i mean it feels like this series is genuinely trying to model what it is to be a healthy, nuanced, you know, uh, mentally health-wise uh, strong individual in the world in you know a post 2020 world. Now, one thing I really want to harp on is how this universe utilizes surrealism in their storytelling. At, at least in once each episode, at least each, at least one per episode, we will get treated to. Uh, A completely just surreal scene that isn't like actually happening. It's supposed to just be a fun metaphor to depict what kind of challenge the girls are navigating in that moment. Um, I want to highlight a few ones because I think that they're just so good and it's a great way to kind of distinguish this, distinguish the show self from other series that might do a similar thing. For example, Scrubs. At the beginning of the episode where Izzy breaks up with her boyfriend for the first time. Um, there's a great visual metaphor that they use for Izzy is kind of starting a tornado of assumptions and it's like, you know, she sees a random, she sees a random interaction with her boyfriend and she writes this whole narrative where he, she thinks that he's breaking up with her. And so the metaphor that they use is that, you know, there's this tidal wave, this tornado that's happening from Izzy's emotions and they have to confront it. They have to kind of talk it through and explain to her why that isn't a valid assumption to make Um, in order to calm the storm down. They have to go to the eye of the storm, the root of the problem. And they do that with like, basically recreating Tornado, that really old crazy movie. Um, You know, they get in the van and they're driving straight into the storm. And it, them doing that was really funny. On almost all of the visual metaphors they use, there's always this like female cat kind of connoisseur character that's really a guiding force for all of our females she does a fantastic job and I really just want to highlight the actress for it and her name is Beth Grant Beth Grant you kill it you provide all the great humor and all the wisdom throughout the series it's so well done and I really appreciate what she brings to the table there's another one of these scenes that comes as a just a delight and it's in an episode, I think it's episode three or four, and it's when uh, Madison is kind of feeling at her low and Jules is feeling at an all-time high. She just got this job offer. And <laughs> we kind of cut to a, a big stock room, very Wolf of Wall Street. You know, the stocks are going all over the place. And we basically get these businessmen explaining how, uh, how Madison's stock is plummeting while Jules' stock is through the roof. And again there's not much to discuss to discuss there it's just the humor that they use to display it and the references that they make always hit they're always on point and they they honestly do a great job at explaining a lot more of the situation that's going on without just plainly saying it you just jump into this metaphor and it just works right away i don't know there's not much more i can say about it except for it's just one of the unique flavors that i love into the series But yeah, you know, I kind of lost my way a little bit here, but that's probably about going to bring our conversation to a close where we end off with our characters. You know, I'm sure we're going to get a season three. I'm excited to explore everything that we've seen with our characters and see what's next for them. You know, Jules uh, has this exciting new business opportunity. She has a new job. That is on the table for her. However, it's going to be a few months before she can start that job. So now she's pretty much unemployed and it looks like she's heading over to Greece along with Madison. Madison is on the way back up with her business opportunities as well. Uh, She definitely has a lot of new leads and she has some new people under her belt that she should potentially be able to kind of cultivate to being big stars. So everything looks good for her. At this moment, she doesn't have a romance in her life, so I'm sure that we'll get a new character to kind of play her off of in the next season as well. Stella, as I mentioned before, is she, she's just been broken up with. That being said, she just started this new bar with the person that just broke up with her, so excited to see where we get with her character. I'm sure she'll be wrestling with those themes a lot more and kind of growing up, I think, is going to be a major theme for her character more than any of the others. And of course, Izzy. Izzy is now stepping into the same role that Jules was just in as being kind of the right hand to Celeste. She's going to be taking on some new responsibility and seeing her play play off of the other characters in the workplace. But now as a superior to them is going to be a welcome addition as well, giving Izzy a little bit more to do now that she's got her killer 10 boyfriend back in the mix and is going to be uh, in this new new stronghold position in her company it's exciting to see what's going to happen there all these girls are killing it i love to see it um i wouldn't think that i would have liked a show revolving around um you know late 20s single females so much but i really do this show has really captured my heart and caught my eye for sure if this is setting the new bar for what sitcoms will be moving forward i'm all here for it and i can't wait to see more hulu's loses Dollface, season two you killed it you knocked it out of the park. This one is definitely going under my like top 10 recommendations for 2021 shows, which that's a hint at a big list that I'll be doing later on. But yeah, that's it for today. Thank you for giving this a listen. If you haven't already, follow me on Spotify, check me out on Instagram and, and TikTok. That's the Darius Show pod for both the Darius Show pod on both of those platforms give me a follow, like some of my stuff. I'd really appreciate it. And if you're listening to this and you're enjoying it, send it to a friend. But for today, that's going to bring us to a close. Thank you. And I love you.